Southeast Radio's morning mix. Southeast Radio. Morning, Alan. And you're very welcome. Eddie, um, thank you for joining me this morning. It was confirmed at a meeting of Wexford Borough District earlier this week that the council planned to erect a 400-seater modular concert venue at Crescent Quay in Wexford has been axed. And I want to start by reading an email that we received this morning from Mark Redmond of Stage It, a set design, construction and stage lighting services, and he's based in the Enniscorthy area. And Mark's email goes as follows. Alan, this news from the council comes as no surprise. The lack of foresight shown by officials is unbelievable. In the private world, this would have been uh, had very severe consequences. It was well known that Wexford was looking to bring in the FLA and that it would need venues. Just weeks before the final granting of the event to Wexford, our officials couldn't wait to demolish a perfectly good 600-seater venue. Yes, in need of some renovation, but nothing on the scale of money needed to build from scratch. Within three weeks of getting the papers, the demolition crews raced in and started to tear down the auditorium at what cost and to what benefit. Months ago, around October, at a meeting with a senior council official, the view was expressed that the temporary modular theatre was providing, uh, proving difficult and there was a high possibility that it would not make it. There couldn't have been any serious planning or costing went into any of the project. It was done as window dressing to calm the masses and keep them happy. Eddie, that was an email from Mark Raymond of Stage It. Uh, as I said, a set to drawing and construction company and a founder member of Oyster Lane Theatre Group as well. How would you respond to that? Yeah, thanks, Alan. I suppose, first, firstly, to say I'd like to give some background to the, the project itself. I suppose it's important to say that the lands there, the old Tesco site, as we would refer to them on Crescent Quay, those lands are on a lease from um, the owner. So the owner has leased also to the local authority uh, for, I suppose, a medium-term lease in order to uh, do some works on them. And one of the proposals was for a modular venue. And the reason it was a modular venue was because we don't have permanent ownership of the site. So it was thought appropriate to put in, I suppose, a building or a, a, a solution to a venue that would maybe have a design life of, say, 10 to 15 years. And based on that, we looked at similar type um, modular venues that have been constructed that are kind of semi-permanent. And we looked at solutions around the, uh, in uh, Europe and uh, there was uh, modular systems that we could get and that we thought would be suitable for there. And the estimated cost, we thought, was around €2 million. Euro. So €2 million is reserved for that uh, project. Um, we went out to tender then to get somebody to come in and effectively design, build, provide this operated for, say, say a 10-year period based on that system. So after the procurement process, what fell out of the procurement process, and the procurement process isn't concluded just yet, it's it's still live, but the the people who were looking at it, um, they couldn't, when it, when, when it came down to us, they couldn't make a modular system work right. on that site. Um, because it, be, it was becoming increasingly difficult to make it work in terms of building regulations, building control, energy rating, etc. So the final prices that came back were more akin to a permanent building and the associated costs with that that would seat, say, 300, 400 people or 800 people standing. Yeah. So the prices that came back were a multiple of that and a multiple of the budget that we have. And it's just not appropriate, even okay. if we had the funding, which we don't, it's not appropriate for us to spend that level of funding on lands that we don't own mm. and that we only have a medium term lease on. That's the first point. The second point is that there's a lot of talk that this is going to damage the flat. It's not in any way whatsoever. 
that venue was not in our bid for the FLA and was not in our planning for the FLA. The reason being that because we hadn't entered into a contract, because we didn't yeah. have part date at the time, planning, planning approval at the time, we couldn't guarantee that it would be in place. So our bid for the FLA did not include that yeah. document and our planning for the FLA does not include the uh, the venue there. We have plenty of other venues which we'll be we're finalising at the moment. So it doesn't impact on the FLA operations. And I suppose just to conclude on that, mm-hmm. uh, the site will be active during the FLA. TG Cahar will have a major setup there. We've right. met them a couple of times on site. They will be establishing a large marquee on the remainder of the site, the other part of the site. Uh, where the modular venue wasn't going to go. So that site will be fully active and fully utilised during the flyby by TG Cahar. So just it's, I think it's important that A, this is not, the, the plan is not axed as well. We still want to go back right. and look at a modular system and we think we can make it work. We are going to have okay. to go back to the drawing board. Um, we may have to do another part of public consultation process because the system that we hope to put in there would be different. So that is going to cause a delay, but the project is not axed. And it is very important at the end of the day, it would be totally irresponsible of us as a local authority to make that level of investment to provide the permanent venue on lands that we only have a lease on. Right, I just wanted to, uh, to go back to the 23rd of June uh, at an article by Maria Pepper in the Wexford People newspaper. Uh, she quoted County Council Current Chief Executive Tom Enright. He uh, said it was proposed to replace the rear area near the Doomwira with a 400-seater venue with a capacity for 700 standing in the form of a good quality building that would last 35, 30 to 50 years and could be erected economically and quickly. And then in this week's edition of the paper, you're quoted as saying the prices came back just before Christmas and the reality is that the prices we got back were multiples of the budget that had been set aside for this. The question people are asking me to put to you this morning, Eddie, why wasn't all of this thought out long before the final decision was made? Well, you see, it was thought out because we did look at modular systems and we did put a cost estimate on that. Uh, but as I say, the modular system, that when, when we... When, the, when our tender examined that in detail and put in a submission, their view on it was that they couldn't make it work and comply with building regulations. So therefore, it reverted to a more conventional okay. permanent construction. And that's where the cost escalation came in. If you look at uh, the, the, what was proposed in terms of the size of the venue, the quality of the venue by the tender, and when you look at the cost estimate, yes, they, they kind of match up. The issue we have is we don't have that money for that. Now, that doesn't mean that we're not going to provide a venue there. What it does mean is we now have to go back and cut our cloth to suit and provide a space there and provide a venue with the money that we have. And that's where we're back to now. If you knew then what you knew now about the costs uh, about the project, Eddie, would Wexford County Council have proceeded with the demolition of the Doomwira? The Doomwira, the reality of the Doomwira is it had reached the end of its life. It required substantial investment. Um, for example, there is an asbestos roof on it that uh, needed to be taken care of, and, and you know th- there were safety issues in it. So the Doonwira was always going to have to be replaced in any event. Now we have a space there. We have a space, good public realm space that we can use. And don't forget, we do have other venues in the town. We have the Opera House, which we will be using for the FLA. 
we have other venues, we have other sports halls that won't impact on um, our ability to hold the flat. So yeah. look at it's it's not, obviously I would much prefer to be sitting here mm. saying to you, Alan, great news. We're proceeding with a venue there. It's going to come in with the budget that we have and we have the resources we have. But I don't. The other side of it is, if I went and you know spent a multiple of what the budget was. I would be sitting here in two years' time and you'd be asking me a question. Why did you spend two or three times the budget you have? Yeah, but again, Eddie, just to, to, to kind of bear out what the groups are asking me to put you this morning, they believe that a lot of, a lot of them have been left high and dry with no premises at the moment. Groups that are utilised, like the Pantomime Society, Oyster Lane Theatre Group, the Drama Festivals down through the years, and all they've all had to move, and many of them have moved to either the Arts Centre or, or, or the uh, National Opera House, uh, wonderful venues. But they feel kind of hung out high and dry, and, and to them, what you and I are saying today, I'm not sure it's a great comfort to them. Yeah, clearly, we, we you know, I I would much prefer to be here telling you that we're, we're yeah. proceeding with a project and it's not where we want to be but you know at the end of the day we have to guard the public purse we don't have the resources to build what we would like to build there mm. on, on the proposal that we have uh, uh, following the procurement process. Was it looked at the doom were to be kind of revamped uh, the stage lowered uh, uh, because it, like if the facade of the building is still there and the memories it had and people often wonder the money you've spent in sort of investing in in this project and now the fact that it's been you say it's not accident it's temporarily parked would that money not have been better used to to revitalise the Dunwira as it was there? Yeah, well, the Dunwira, like I mean, at the end of the day, that probably what that was looked at, and it was deemed that there was so much money involved in it to actually refurbish it that it would have been more cost effective to actually yeah. build a new venue. As I said, the project is not axed. We are back. We still have a live project. We still have funding there available to build the venue. What we have to do now is go back and cut our cloth to suit yeah. to make sure that we come come in and okay. deliver the best we can with the budget that we have. Um, it's reported that the actual projects were, costs were received by the council back in December. Uh, why were the councillors and the wider community not informed at the time? Because when I read Porrick Burns' article in the paper while unfolded at the council meeting, it kind of just popped up. I think Leonard Kelly raised the issue. And then even the current mayor, John Hegarty, they, all the councillors had points to raise. And to me, it appears that many of the councillors were completely caught on the hop of this. Why weren't they informed? No, well, as I say, we're, we're in a procurement process. We, we haven't concluded that procurement process. We have a proposal uh, for the construction of a venue there. Um, we've been in discussions with with the with the um, tender that proposed that to see what the alternatives are. So, I suppose where it came to a head was the reality of it. It is it, it was not going to be yeah. ready for the flat. So that's where why we raised it at that time. But the procurement process, we're still in discussion. We're still looking at alternatives, but we do have to go back. And I suppose one of the main reasons for th- there will be a delay is yeah. the reality of it is that whatever proposal we come back will probably require a new part of public consultation process. Eddie, some of the comments coming in are, are quite strong, as you can imagine. Like, I, 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 I will tone them as best I can and balance them as best I can for you. One listener who has given their contact number to us can't believe this, spending public money on guesswork, knocking down an iconic building, then getting a final price. This is absolute tripe. And then sits there and justify this incompetence. Now, they're not my thoughts. They're the thoughts of a listener. But I'm sure you've been getting sort of reaction like this yourself from people. Yeah, well, I... I uh, like that's that's fine for people to say the Dunware had reached the end of its life I, I don't want to be in a situation where in two years time I'm sitting here in front of you Alan and quite rightly you would be saying to me why did you spend three times your budget on a, on a project on mm. land that you don't own yeah 
So if people are happy that we spend money, that we go way over budget on land that we don't own, that we mightn't have in 20 or 30 years time, whatever it is, that's not a situation I want to be in. That's not a situation I can justify as a public official. I mean, the flaw is coming. It's, a, it's an important, uh, such an important boost to this economy of ours. And, and the last thing one wants to do is to damage the image of Wexford on the flaw. And I'm sure you'd like to take the opportunity to highlight the importance of this. Yeah, there's a lot of misinformation out there and quite frankly, just um, malicious misinformation. I said it before and I'll say it again. The venue that we were, we were pr- proposing for Crescent Key was not included in our bid for the FLA and has not been included in our planning for the FLA. We have plenty of other venues around the town which are finalising at the moment. Yeah. So it doesn't impact the FLA in any way whatsoever. In fact, the space that the local authority has uh, regenerated there through the demolition of the old Tesco is a fantastic opportunity for us to establish TG Cahar there for the FLA. And that is where they will be broadcasting adjacent to our key front. And that's what people will see all around the world when they watch Flat TV on yeah. TG Cahar. And it's because of the local authority's action in leasing that site and investing in the demolition and the clearance that we will have TG Cahar there. All right, Eddie, is there any way the council could look into buying the land? That's a question. That's, that's, a, that's something we would always be interested in uh, because we think it is a key site. It's a key regeneration site. At the moment, we have a, a medium to long-term lease on it, uh, but that, that we certainly wouldn't rule that out if that right. opportunity became available. Can I just reflect two more comments? Mark has sent in the following comment, uh, a different Mark. This is Mark Manny. Can you ask, Eddie, if it was ever costed if the €2 million you could have extended the life of the Dunwara by 10 to 20 years. You've quite strongly stated that you believe the Dunwara was passed. Nothing, no amount of money was going to resurrect it. People are disagreeing with you on that. Well, look, at the, uh, and, and people are entitled to disagree. That was our view at the time, and it remains our view that we can do a modular venue there. Again, we, we, we haven't finalised our overall regeneration uh, plans for that site. Uh, we will be doing that shortly. Um, but again, we, we remain of the opinion that a modern venue would have been a better use of public money. I appreciate you coming in live to discuss all this with me this morning, but I have one final comment from Lister who says, we must be the only town that actively tore down a substantial arts venue in the middle of the community with no explanation and with some national lottery funding could have been brought back to its former glory. It's disp- despicable, disgraceful and inexplicable carry-on. So they haven't held back this morning with their comments. And to be fair to you, you haven't held back with your response. Whether they agree with you or disagree with you, at least you come into studio to to air your views. So what is your response to that? Yeah, as I say, we have not axed this project. We have had to go back to the drawing board to cut our cloth to suit our measure and to make sure that we spend public money appropriately and within reason uh, that we can justify. And that is what we are doing. In summary... Where are we going with this space? It's not going to be a car park, I take it? Absolutely not, no. It will be a public ground space. Um, it'll be used as a strategic car for the FLA. And we are looking at alternative options for a venue and for a public space, for you know maybe an open-air auditorium, something like that. In fact, the um, uh, county architect uh, came up with suggestions only yesterday to me about what that could look like, and we're working at those at the moment, and we are keeping those alive, and we're actively pursuing a project on that site. Eddie Taft, Chair of the FLA Executive Committee and incoming Acting Chief Executive of Wexford County Council, thank you for joining us live in studio. May I take the opportunity to wish you well in your new role? Thanks, Alan. Thank you. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Southeast.